Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Looking for the truth and not worried about rattling some cages to get at it, this is The Roy Green Show. of a nation wants to be associated with the mass murder of innocent men, women, and children. The nations of the world can be judged by the friends they keep. No nation can succeed in the long run by promoting rogue states, brutal tyrants, and murderous dictators. There's President Trump on uh, last night's missile raid on Syria. And I see that Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, has called it an act of aggression. So military action against Syria's Assad regime last night as the U.S., the U.K., and France fired missiles into Syria. Now the West uh, doesn't have to be concerned about possible reaction by Assad's protectors, Russia and Iran. And joining me on the program is Colonel Peter Mansour. He's the former executive officer to General David Petraeus during the, the surge in Iraq. His book is Surge, My Journey with General David Petraeus and the Remaking of the Iraq War. Colonel Mansour is also a military history professor at uh, Ohio State University. Colonel Mansour, thank you very much uh, for the time as always. No question there'd be a response to the chemical weapons being used in Syria by the Assad regime. The United States, though, needed other nations to engage as well, in this case, France and the U.K. Justin Trudeau verbally supported Donald Trump. Is, is that enough? Was, uh, has, the, has the point been made? Or can you make the point with these people? Well, it appears, for the moment at least, that the raid hit the sweet spot. That is painful enough to make Assad think twice about using chemical weapons again. Uh, not so painful that it would cause... Uh, Russia to escalate hostilities, uh, which would be bad. So, uh, you know, it'll take some time to determine whether Assad gets the message. Of course, after last year's strike, he did uh, refrain from using chemical weapons for a time, but there were maybe a half a dozen instances of his use mainly of chlorine weapons since then. So um, we'll see if this strike is any more successful in preventing future attacks. How much of uh, this is necessary now because of the years of dithering by President Obama? He, he allowed al-Assad uh, or Assad to fortify himself in Syria and secure the support of Iran and Russia. Could a lot of this have been precluded had Premier Obama been or Prime Minister or President Obama? One of those, pick one. Uh, pres- <laughs> had President Obama been more more forceful? Well, it's interesting because early in in the Arab Spring when uh, there were demonstrations in Syria, his own administration, uh, Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, uh, Bob Gates as Secretary of Defense, and and General David Petraeus as the CIA director, all recommended arming the Syrian opposition, which would have uh, made the opposition uh, stronger and also more um, in tune with with, uh, U.S. desires in the region. Uh, President Obama declined to do that. 
Uh, he did, however, set uh, a notorious red line that if uh, Assad used chemical weapons, he would retaliate. Uh, it was proven that Assad used chemical weapons, and President Obama did nothing. It was perhaps the biggest foreign policy mistake of his eight years in office. Uh, it um, obviously uh, showed Assad the green light for the use of chemical munitions in the war, and it reduced uh, U.S. credibility uh, damagingly on the world stage. Colonel Mansour, do you expect uh, the attack on Syria, on Assad, is going to be met by anything other than words uh, from Russia and Iran in the short and the longer term? Putin is saying it's a, he's quoted as saying it's an act of aggression. Yeah, I think the words have already come, so that's a that's a done deal. The question is, will they do anything more concrete to push push back? And I suspect that if Russia does something, it'll be um, more in the covert realm, perhaps some sort of cyber attack. Uh, of course, they're already in, interfering with elections in, in the United States and the other Western nations. They'll continue to do that. Uh, but I don't think what we'll, we'll see is uh, some sort of direct attack on U.S. forces embedded with uh, Kurdish and Syrian democratic militias in Syria itself. And what do you expect from the other Middle Eastern nations now? This is, uh, this is another attack on Assad. He probably, I would imagine, he still has chemical munitions. He still has sort of an air force. And he's being supported by Russia and, uh, and Iran. What, uh, what do you expect from other nations in the region? Will they just keep their heads down or... Are they going to be a little more brave about this situation? No, I don't think you'll see uh, the regional powers doing anything other than what they've already been doing. Uh, they'll line up uh, with or against the United States based on who they support in the Syrian civil war. Mainly Iran will line up with Russia and Assad, and the rest of them will line up with the United States for the most part. Um, I don't think you'll see the nations in the region taking a, uh, a more forceful role to prevent Assad from consolidating his grip on power. Uh, no one really wants to be sucked into the, the tar pit of the Syrian civil war, uh, other than the two players that are already there, which is Iran and, and Russia. Mm -hmm. Is the Middle East just too chaotic now to engage in another significant Western military intervention? You know, I don't think there's any stomach for that, uh, not among the Western populace, not among the political leaders. I, I really think it's doubtful, given the outcome of the war in Iraq, which sucked in $1 trillion mm -hmm. and 160,000 troops for almost 10 years, 5,000 dead. And the outcome was such that it really didn't advance U.S. national security interests. I, I think it would be really unlikely... Uh, that an administration would um, would voluntarily uh, intervene with uh, lots of boots on the ground. I think the way forward is pretty much what it's been in the last few years, which is the use of advisors, the use of air power, and a much more lighter footprint. Uh, is the world the next question? I, I suppose has to be: Is the world less stable now than it might have been, even at the height of the Cold War? Terror organizations are spreading their tentacles more widely with uh, North Africa, just one significant example. Um, what, what and where are your greatest concerns globally? Well, I think you're right. I mean, the, the bipolar distribution of power during the Cold War, ironically, uh, made uh, foreign policy much more stable. Right? You, you either lined up with the Soviet Union or you lined up with the United States. 
but the the boundaries of conflict were pretty clear. Um, it was deadly in certain circumstances, Korea, Vietnam, etc. But uh, it was predictable. Now you have a lot more actors. There's a, a diffusion of power to to multiple uh, global powers. Uh, you have lots of non-state actors and terrorist groups and so forth. Um, and you have the possibility of, of nuclear war as well. So in terms of the hot spots, I would say the, the most dangerous, if not the most likely, uh, place where hostilities would break out is uh, on the Korean Peninsula. That would be a, a very, very deadly con- conflict. Um, and then, of course, the, the bubbling cauldron that is the Middle East will continue, as well as Afghanistan, although um, we hate to news feed the uh, the stakes are much lower uh, in terms of of killed and uh, and the human and the humanitarian crisis is really what uh, what affects the West with the waves of refugees flooding into Europe, for instance. So it could be uh, any place, any time, um, depending on the actors involved and how determined they are. The United States has almost a hundred percent. Track record of not predicting where it's going to fight. Uh, you know, it's, these wars creep up on uh, on us, and you know, before the Desert Storm, for instance, no one would have predicted been fighting in Kuwait. Uh, before the Iraq War broke out, no one, or before 9/11, no one would have predicted we would have been fighting in Afghanistan. So, uh, I think it's pretty tough to say with any kind of certainty this. You know, this place is where we're going to fight next. We have some likely candidates, the Korean Peninsula, for instance, but but no certainty. And uh, this question about about this country, Canada, what would the United States like to see from from Prime Minister Trudeau, and uh, and from Canada? Well, what uh, what 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 should our contribution consist of? Now, you know, we just bought a whole bunch of used F-18s from Australia that they didn't want anymore. So I, anyway, I don't want to be too cynical. What, uh, what what would you like to see? What does the United States expect from Canada? Well, Canada is a valued uh, ally and a and a close neighbor, of course. And I think Canada has a lot of soft power, uh, a lot of diplomatic uh, heft. It punches above its weight in that realm, and I think that's probably the the most important thing that Canada can provide to the United States where they see an alignment of interests, um, you know, the diplomatic support they give us in the United Nations and other forums in, in NATO um, and in coalitions of, of the willing, if you will, uh, is really important, uh, probably more important than whatever military contribution they provide, although that can be significant as well. Um, the support of other nations can legitimate U.S. actions so that we're not just going it alone, uh, both militarily and diplomatically. Mm-hmm. After the Second World War, this country had the world's fourth largest navy, which is quite amazing considering the population we had back then. It's always great speaking with you. Thank you so much, uh, Colonel Mansour. All the best to you. Roy, always a pleasure. Colonel Peter Mansour, he's a history professor at Ohio State University, former executive officer, colonel, for General David Petraeus during the surge in Iraq, And his book is Surge, My Journey with General David Petraeus and the Remaking of the Iraq War. When we come back, Vaughn Palmer will be with us, Provincial Affairs Political Columnist for the Vancouver Sun. We're going to get back to the issue of tomorrow's meeting with uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, 
Premier Horgan and uh, Premier Notley. And Vaughn Palmer, in one of his columns in The Sun earlier in the week, wrote, Horgan's not prepared to give an inch. We'll talk to him after this.